Back. There we go. Back in the midnight. Um, so we're going to go through, we're going to do a rundown on a few of the series, but I want to just highlight some of the major stories uh, that are coming out of it. So first, uh, you know, the Heat, um, everyone had them as their dark horse going into the playoffs, um, obviously based on yeah, success I, I, last year. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I totally thought Miami was going to do damage. I, I, didn't, I thought the wall, Giannis, they weren't learning, and uh, looks like a sweep, which is shocking to me. Yeah. Yeah, and like, look, I think there's a couple things to come out of this, right? So you could, you know, I, I know we love, we try to avoid cliches, right? We like just talking about like, oh, it's this role player and they overrated him or underrated him. And I was saying that with Jay Crowder. I thought he was the most underrated, one of the more underrated free agent signings um, with, with the Suns and the Heat losing him was big. But uh, the truth is like, I don't know, a lot of this also comes down to like, some kind of form of revenge play where, and he's saying this with like the Knicks and Pacers in the nineties and when teams continually face each other in series sometimes. So sometimes like one team just owns the other team. I think we had that strong run in the, in the Eastern conference, you know, a uh, half decade or so where uh, Cleveland just owned Toronto and honestly owned my Celtics. Um, and they just couldn't get past LeBron. There's nothing you could do about it. Other times. Yeah. But- I'm going to counter on that. I don't, I don't think that's revenge. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, I agree. Okay, good. Keep going. I was going to say, but that's a LeBron thing, right? He's just clearly better. Those teams are younger here. I think like the right. Bucks had a funky series last year. You know, sometimes we don't do revisionist history enough on these. And we, we were quick to conclusions. I believe Giannis was a little hurt that series or, or and, um, and there was an over-reliance on Middleton, but the Bucks were definitely favored going into that series and they got a lot better this year. Well, and I think, I think at some point, and again, we, we all get caught up in, in, in the moment. Um, I think at some point we have to realize did, was, did Miami. And I mean, I think, I think it's obvious the whole bubble situation. Did they play over its head in last bubble? Right. I mean, they, they came out of nowhere and we just anticipated and we knew that they weren't going to do well in the regular season. But I mean, Jimmy Butler became we, we all of a sudden I never we never I never thought he was as good as he showed in that playoff last last playoff. And is yeah. he that, you know, that good of a player? Right. If you put LeBron, if you trade LeBron for Jimmy Butler right now, does that Miami team do more damage? Obviously, what if you put Kawhi there? Does it? I think it does, too. I yeah. think the fact that Butler can't shoot really hurts you. Yeah, and, and like, look, I, I don't think Miami does anything drastic. Obviously, um, their plan is they have they have they have cap space. I think this goes to another point too. Where like um, we always talk about this. This is a common theme where don't get high off your own supply, right? Don't overrate your your youth. And uh, and Tyler Hero, um, and, and this is not only the case with Tyler Hero. No one really developed well uh, from last year to this year. That was in the bubble. That was in the bubble. That's a huge caveat. Obviously, your Knicks and everyone on that team developed drastically. Okay. Um, but no one else really developed. Right. There's no, there's no like, like the most approved player usually is a second year player. And like a lot of those guys weren't, um, that were in the bubble, didn't do damage. So, Hero, I think, yeah. was, was a disappointment. Right. To clarify for, for, for those, I mean, me and Aton have spoken about this. That, Part of the th- the drawback of, of the bubble teams is that there really was no off season, so there was no break. 
and no time to work on anything. So perhaps that's why the Knicks, who did have an offseason, weren't in the bubble. Uh, so this, the teams that were hurt by this, we talked about the Grizzlies and, uh, you know, perhaps Hero. That's a, it's a good point. I, I don't know. I worry about Hero from attitude issues. But in, in any case, that's... I think the way that I think the Heat are going to regroup. I think there there's rumors already. We talked about this. There's a couple of rumors floating yeah. around. Two major ones. One is they could get Lowry and DeRozan together at a discount so they can finish off their career and do some kind of title run. I don't know if that's the best situation for them to do it, but uh, that's one thought. The other thought is, or they just pack, they do a sign and trade with Drogic plus Hero and get a shooting guard that way, whether they go after a Levine and even Donovan Mitchell, who's been floating around, um, is another route. Yeah. But we'll oh, see. Listen, if, I'm, if, if there's a Miami fan base out here, you guys, people want to come to – I mean, I'm, I guess my Knicks, uh, you know, homerism is, is coming in here, but people want to come to Miami. We already see this. Yeah. You got Butler and Bam already on the books. You're one of the top – I mean, top well-run franchises with the best coach. I, I love Spro. So, nothing to worry about. But you're not winning the series. No. That's not going to happen. No, no, no. Let's, let's, All right, let's, let's go. Yeah. Suns-Lakers. Yes. Suns-Lakers. So, there's actually a lot of interesting uh, follow-up on Twitter this morning coming from the series. Um, I, don't know if, I don't know if you've read it. I mean, I, I've been up. So, uh, Scott Foster um, apparently is like the worst ref for Chris Paul. There's been a lot of analysis on this. Um, yes. Chris Paul quoted as saying, this is a great quote. If I was a betting man, 11 games in a row. That's what he says. And then the subtext is, that's now 11 straight playoff games he's lost with Scott Foster refereeing. And he says, 11 in a row is tough as he leaves Zoom. He doesn't, he doesn't mention Foster, right? But the fact that he has the count is pretty good. So, so people did the statistical analysis on it. And they did find that uh, there's like a one in twenty one thousand shot that the 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 outcome would be the case uh, of where it was. There's a lot of things down the stretch, and and Foster, you know, Paul and Foster have some kind of beef. Uh, and there's a whole series of I'm watching it now of like all these things that happen to Paul throughout the game. Nothing, you know, Foster doesn't care. Paul goes to Foster. Foster tells him to get the hell away. You know, they don't have a great relationship, right? Um, and, and it's trending right now. So I don't know if that does anything. Regardless, I don't think they can touch the Lakers. I don't think it's Foster. I mean, it's just LeBron James. I mean, when you have two of the three best players in the NBA on the same team, I mean, that's just insane. I, I think they, the Lakers, ah, we've talked about this often, they're winning despite themselves. I think that's – there's just so many flaws in the roster. No. But it's just Le, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are too, too good. And, and like, Listen, I mean, this is a time for we have playoff time, but we need to have an entire pod talking about why LeBron James is the best player of all time. I agree. Even now. I agree. Oh, I always keep bringing this up. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he, he's insane. Although, I'll tell you, as I'm looking at the stats, you know how many turnovers he had last night? It's very uncanny for him. He had seven turnovers. Uh, but anyway, that's – But his usage is probably ridiculously there. high. Yeah. So, do, do the Lakers – do the Lakers take – they take the series? Yeah, they'll take the series. I mean, we, we, this was never, I thought, much in doubt. I mean, he's riding, he's been running AD here. Um, there's an overall, we talk about this, this is probably the worst wing rotation in the NBA. It might be. If you're talking about just pure wings, like guys who legitimately play the wing, I'm not counting LeBron there. I consider him more of like a point. LeBron's in the Luka Doncic camp. He's either a power forward or he's bringing up the ball. But like, 
re-rotation of KCP, Kuzma. You have Caruso playing some wing, Wes Matthews, right? I mean, that's horrible. And the fact that they're still winning says a lot. So, so, so let's, 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 let's pivot from that. So LeBron, Lakers are going to win, okay? Yeah. Uh, we'll talk we'll, – we'll, in another pod, we'll talk about what that means for them. But let's say the Suns lose. Uh, what do they do in the offseason? So, yeah, so let's talk about this. That, so, that's, a, that's a good point, right? So, yeah, so, so we talked about this offline, but, but I, I do think – so most of the teams are not going to, in my opinion, like this – I'm not going to – we'll take a, a minor tangent, right? Human nature tells us most people prefer inaction than action. They prefer not to do anything and, and then action. There was a great – I read a book, Scorecasting, um, sure. which showed these 50-50 calls by baseball umps, right? Um, so when there's a 50-50 call and it's like and your and your action is gonna actually produce inaction, they they lead to the inaction call. What do I mean? If it's like a two one count, or sorry, if it's like a, a two two count, they're not gonna the fifty fifty call was more likely to be a ball than a strike because they don't wanna strike the guy out on a fifty fifty call, right? So they're gonna they're gonna actually go towards the ball, right? Versus um, if it was a three one count, right? So that I don't want to give the guy a walk. They'll they'll make it a strike on a fifty fifty call because again they don't want to produce action. Most and that's, well, a, that's a human psychology. Okay. Well, I'll tell you and another angle to look at the same thing. Um, if you look at there's a, a bunch of books on uh, economists. Um, I'm forgetting their names, but the idea is that if you make a decision, it, making a wrong decision, people are more afraid. Right. They're, they're more afraid of making a wrong decision. Yep. Than than willing to try to make a right decision. So oh, 100%. making a ch- so making a change, making a trade could be perceived as a wrong decision. And so they're much more willing to, to they're, they're more scared to make that wrong decision. That's what it is. You're All right. the decision-making process is how do I avoid making a mistake? Correct. And Correct. So, People are very averse uh, to loss and averse to the wrongdoing. Absolutely. Right. So, Absolutely. So, uh, so on, that, that, note, on yeah. that note, to your point, right? So Phoenix is an interesting situation because um, they're, they're the anomaly for us, right? We look at it across the league. And there's so many teams that need to go in the offseason and make, I think, decent movements. I mean, just, just off the top of my head, right? Like a team like Boston could look at the season and say, oh, COVID, which is, you know, look, everyone has the same excuse. You know, some teams have it more than others. Boston has it maybe more than others, but still, they're, they're not going to honestly tell themselves they can compete with the top three teams in the East and the other teams that are coming up, like your Knicks in Atlanta, right? That's the questions they should be having. Instead, they might just chalk it off to, COVID, run it back, get a better pick, and it's an inaction right. season, and there'll be, be a Met team. Indiana is in the same boat, right? The Bulls. Bunch of Bulls. Well, the Bulls, I think, are going to make some adjustments because of Levine and that, that mix. But you have, like, um, Portland. Let's see. They haven't done it for five years. They needed to make an adjustment right. for five. They haven't done it. Okay? Right. Denver needs to take the next step. Uh, they're not doing it. There's a lot of teams – um, let's see if the Clippers do anything, etc. So most teams are going to do inaction. I think the Suns are the exception. And the reason why the exception is because their hand is kind of forced. So Chris Paul, right, who's obviously going to be a pending free agent, you know, I can see him having some sway. The other thing is their GM is James Jones. So I don't think he thinks the same way as a lot of these scared, you know, I think he's more of the in, in the scared money, don't make money camp. Okay. Otherwise, he would have done the Chris Paul trade. That was a pretty gutsy deal for a team like Phoenix to do, in my opinion. I I see 
the Suns are going to want to consolidate and package. And I, and I think the thing that gets floated around is Aiton and, and Bridges for Towns is, is a major concept, but they're going to be, they're going to be looking um, to consolidate and get another star. That's my take. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that would be, listen, I, I would do that, but I think the scared, the Minnesota's too scared to do that. They might be. Everyone's going to, everyone listens to this podcast. and be like, Oh my God, if the Suns could get Towns, that would be great. It wouldn't. But we will get it, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I'm not saying they should do that, right? Yeah, you and I agree. It's funny because that's one of the teams that actually might be better off standing pat uh, versus some of the others. I think Phoenix just got unlucky with facing the Lakers in, in round one. Um, let's keep moving. So because I want I want to end on your on your Knicks, so you you have you have time Ooh, yeah. to okay. elaborate. Well, Nugget, Nuggets Trailblazers. So just yeah. just a quick run on that. Yeah, it's pretty. There's a few things, few points I want to make up that I think are just fascinating i think aaron gordon guarding damian lillard uh is just you know we talk about this a lot one of the most underrated skills that people don't pay attention to is defensive versatility it matters way more in the playoffs where people scheme yep. and if your power forward can guard the opposing uh team's point guard that just changes things so that trade kind of in, in retrospect was i think very important for them and then to your point uh the trailblazers continuously Keep running back with the same team, wasting oh Damian Lillard's prime. Oh what we're God. talking about specifically is C.J. McCollum had great trade value. And, and, you know, that team, again, same thing that we just talked about with Aaron Gordon, defensive versatility. If you have two guys, in C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard, who are small, can't defend, you need to just try to diversify. C.J. McCollum was a perfect person to trade and upgrade in different areas. But it, you can see it's a philosophy of the Portland Trailblazers is, hey, we care only about shooting, and we don't care about size because, hey, let's trade for Norman Powell and see how that goes. Well, the same mistake over and over again. So, so I want to I want to want to touch on that a little bit, right? Like the definition of insanity is, is expecting you know different results, right, over doing the same thing. Um, so, I, I always bring this up, but like people don't give enough credit to the Golden State Warriors of uh, not 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 the stud team, but pre-stud that led to the stud, like about a decade ago or so when they had. Monte Ellis and Curry in the backcourt, right? And Monte Ellis was a fan favorite, and everyone's like, they'll figure it out, they'll figure it out. And and they were they were pretty um, proactive about it. They go, no, hold on, Curry, we see has you know more room to grow here than Ellis. They both can't grow together in the same fishbowl. Let's deal one to address concerns, right? So they dealt Ellis, which which is subtract, which is addition via subtraction because it lets Curry get more usage, and then they get Andrew Bogut who helped defensively. And look, no one looks at it historically because it doesn't seem like a home run deal because Boca got hurt and whatever. But it, it helped create a dynasty. That was the first step, right? The second step to me was uh, starting Draymond Green eventually over David Lee, which you'll eventually figure out if you're coaching there, which Steve Kerr did. Right, Mark Jackson. Not everybody does. Not everyone does. Not everybody does. That was. I think Kerr gets not enough credit for that. But 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 bottom line is moving off of Ellis. Now you create an open space for you. You get rid of the culture of this like his turn, my turn offense. Okay, Uh, and you make it more more ball moving. And like Portland, I'm sorry, the GM. Everyone's got to get. You got to remove the GM there if they can't realize this. It's so it's painfully obvious. And you're right. They just double down on the same notion. And now everyone's out of position. It's a bad domino effect because Powell wouldn't be a train wreck defensively if he was, if he was playing the two so much, but I was playing out of position at the three, which is a train wreck defensively. And then you're over relying on just one defender in your starting five who's Covington to do everything. And that's too much on him. There's so many issues there, but yeah, I couldn't agree more 
Um, I mean, and look, it's not. And just to make a point, I, I, we're not saying that CJ McCollum is not a great player on the right team. We're not saying that Powell is not a great player on the right team. We're just saying the pieces don't fit. And the pieces have to fit. Meaning, uh, CJ McCollum, for example, uh, and bio, this is a, this if the Blazers move in the right direction on Miami would look a lot, would look great. You're right. right? Yeah. CJ for hero. That's uh, a good idea. Give you, you get a wing, uh, a young wing in, in there in, for, for Portland. And you got the two who can shoot and can knock that, you know. So anyway, but that's, 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 that's the point we've, with CJ. They got to move on from him. Hey, yeah. listen, that, it is what it is. That's not happening. But I mean, and you and like, look, I would appreciate as a fan base for the team that my management at least makes the effort, right? So Denver, I appreciate because, like, they've been a run of Gordon and they got him, right? And they've been floating right. around. Now, like, look, Denver, you could argue, could have made a historically crazy move because Houston really wanted Michael Porter Jr. for Harden. That was the hallmark guy. So they, they in theory, could have gotten Harden. I'm not going to knock them too much, but at least they made the move. Portland didn't. Uh, but, yeah, Denver's moving on up. Um, they're still going to have t- a tough time. They're going to play the Lakers, likely, uh, in the next well, I mean, round. Ju- just, just to put, put in perspective Denver, uh, I think, I think they, th- th- they're in their lineup, okay, playing, it's insane, 90, about 100 minutes. They have Austin Rivers, who yeah. played 36 minutes. He was a, uh, kicked to the curb by the Knicks. Nobody wanted him. Uh, you know, you know, he would not only was he kicked to the curb, he was didn't have a team for about a month. Right. Then you have Aaron Gordon, who they traded for. Yep. And you have this this Frank Compazzo. Uh, yep. I'm not sure if his name Frank Compazzo from uh, Spain. Yep. Who played 32 minutes. So I'm saying you're you got I, I gotta give there because I'm impressed with that GM to make injuries happen, figure out how to make this stuff work. So yeah. You know, and obviously Nicole Nicole Jokic is the MVP of the year this year. We'll see. I don't know. We'll talk about – I'm going to focus on the Nuggets a little more in their next series. Yeah, All right, look, let's go look, to the East. It, yes? it, real, real quick, Denver's going to run it back, um, and, and rightfully so. I think if they their, – their whole thing is going to be, well, look, if we had Murray for the full year, it's different, which is, you know, fine. That's a fair comment. When they did the Aaron Gordon deal, there was something like 11-1 in the first 12 games as a full roster. They're going to look at that. And Will Barton, who I don't want to underrate now, he's a free agent. We'll see if they keep him. Has been hurt. That's a huge offensive bonus they're not getting. Uh, as well. All right, let's, let's. And they're gonna get. And they're gonna get. I'm just, just if you want to go back to their 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 future, they're gonna get organic growth from Michael Porter Jr. Uh, you know, right. so I mean, they already did. He was in Kansas for most approved player. Obviously, Randall won. But uh, you know, I think that's. I, I don't want them to do anything. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want them if I was a, a, a Denver fan. So, let's go. To, let's go to I, Memphis, uh, uh, Utah, real quick. I, I want to just hit on everything in the sure. West. So, um, so that series, that series gets continued off tonight. I think. Um, you know, Mitchell came back. There was awkwardness that was been reported. Uh, that was averted. Um, and then I-, I think Memphis at least getting the split was key. Does Memphis have any chance in the series, or or was it just a daydream to win Game One? I I think they don't have a chance. I don't think I think they're going to put a good showing. But I listen, they're a good team, and we talk about this. I mean, this is a the Eitan Chop. I think that uh, you know the. Memphis has a better team than they put on the floor. And it's true. If you look at the, you know, it's kind of a, 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 um, a, like a GM fan's dream. Play the young guys, build up value. When in reality, Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson are really talented wings that weren't getting minutes. Right. That's why they were losing. They're a better team. That being said, I think the Jazz are good. If Mitchell's healthy, I, I, I don't think the Jazz are a great team. Yeah. I, I really I'm going to agree. I think, um, as I said before, right, this this is more like a 4-5 or 3-6 matchup 
in normal years. Um, I think the the Jazz were uh, embedded by COVID, COVID a little bit. Uh, they didn't have they had continuity at least in their core. I know Mitchell was out, but it helped um, having at least the, the core main guys there. Uh, and then Memphis, as we talked about, had the flip because uh, they didn't play their uh, their veterans, uh, you know, uh, as many minutes as they are now. But uh, yeah, you're right with Mitchell back. I I think it's a, I think it's a slam dunk. I mean, All right, let's... let's just we talk about the Jazz very quickly because yeah. I think it's just another great roster construction in general. Yeah. The Jazz, I talk about this a lot. If you put your players in positions to be successful, they will be good. I think there's a reason Donovan Mitchell – I think Donovan Mitchell gets drafted by the Knicks. I know the Knicks now are okay, but at the year when he got drafted uh, – Let's just say the Pistons because the Pistons, the Pistons took Luke Kennard over him. Right. Okay, so the, I'm saying Donovan Mitchell doesn't develop. What I mean by that is they're very good in the sense that they have a, a, five, a defensive five and every other player on the floor can shoot. I mean, look at their rotation just so we, and then we'll move on. But Donovan Mitchell obviously can shoot. Gobert, who's the defensive guy. And by the way, even though you – even I, I talk about this offline. Even if you – if spacing or creating offense is not only about shooting. If you can rim run, if you're a lob threat and you're the, the defensive other uh, opposition defense has to, to think about you on every play, then you're creating space. So Gobert has that. Then you have Conley, Bogdanovich, O'Neal, Clarkson, and Glaze. Think about that lineup. Every single one of them is a three-point. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw this notion in there. If you swap Mitchell for Jimmy Butler, how deep does this team go? Oh, for sure. I mean, they I, mean, again, I think they flirt with the finals, right? That That's the missing piece. I think they really need to get a two-way wing. If they're going to be flirting around with, with moving Mitchell, if that really is an issue, obviously, you know, who right. and what I is I think the two-way thing. wing, right, because who could stop LeBron? All right. We'll get there. He, they're, they're beating the Grizz, I think. It's going to go maybe go to six, but they're going to beat them. All right, let's touch on the East. Oh, we didn't do uh, Clippers-Dallas. Oof. Clippers-Dallas. Oh, man. It's sad, it's, it's sad for me. I have a Clippers fan. I, you know, the Clippers kind of – it's almost like the Knicks, you know, the sad franchise. But they are the worst rotation team. I, I, it just it's, – it's, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me speak coherent. Go, go. Basically – the Clippers play Zubak. Zubak has no business being on the floor. If you look at their rotation, they're wasting talent. They're one of the most talented teams, but Ibaka's not getting minutes. Why? I don't know. Uh, instead, Zubak's getting 21 minutes. Beverly's getting 23 minutes. Morris, who is a good player, he should not be uh, getting – he should be the, the four, okay? Not not the three. As they kind, I guess they kind of have another four, but – okay, I'm not speaking coherently. I'm too emotional. Go about I'll, I'll it. say I'll say so. So if I were the, running the Clippers, I, at least what they did to start the season when they had Batum running point a la Ron Harper in Chicago. So I, I, I would do Batum, George, Leonard, Morris, Ibaka. That would be like my main five-man unit, right? And we could disagree about who's coming off the bench. Bottom line, that five-man unit, to me, I, if they were continually playing that, that team should win the title because tremendous defensive flexibility, tremendous length and size. And then offensively, you're getting you're getting shooting everywhere, and you're getting defense everywhere, right? To your point, yeah. playing Zubac yeah. is a bad domino effect, well, and then Zubac, overplaying Reggie Jackson is also a bad domino effect. It's a Zubac and Beverly. What we're going to do from now on for the rest of the of the pod, <clears throat> because it's it's every single team. Can the team play one defensive center and four shooters? And if they're not, there's a problem. Okay, right. every single team we've talked about so far, every single playoff team. Stands the Lakers, which I think Anthony Davis and LeBron James are two of the three best players in the NBA, and they're able to do it despite themselves. Right. But every other team, okay, is, if you're playing two non-shooters on the floor, 
right. unless they're doing something exceptionally well, then you're losing. And so why am I so angry about Zubak? Because it's not like Zubak is an exceptional defender. If he was Rudy Gobert, an exceptional defender, then maybe. But he's not, and he can't shoot. So he's really, really hurting that team. Yeah. Yeah, totally in alignment. And, and, and Dallas, like, look, Dallas is, Dallas is gamble. Um, is there is there a ring rotation? So they have guys like they just about have a bunch of high risk, high reward guys. Tim Hardaway Jr. is the uh, is is the perfect example of it, right? So he goes for twenty eight, they win, uh, and they just need one of those like wings to to have a crazy game, uh, and that's right. what's and, been happening. And, and and to to the opposite extreme, Dallas does not have a player, you know, who doesn't shoot. Every single Kleber and Porzingis can both shoot the three, so they. Right constantly are putting meaning if you if elf this is this is the final point so i think Kawhi leonard and paul george are, are great defenders two-way players and and so if they can defend your team then you're in good shape however if you're playing against five shooters i don't care what your defense is you're going to be giving 120 points a game yeah you're going to do it so there's no way you can't if you have cleaver and Corzingis hitting threes tim hardaway jr everyone's you gotta you gotta score yourself and if you right. don't have even and by the way so to me, like it's always if, you, if your best player <clears throat> puts up forty-one points, and, and and your second best player puts up thirty, and you still lose, there's a problem with what you're doing. You can't what so what Kawhi's supposed to score sixty, right? No, That's you're not, right. It's so, defensive flexibility right. from your other guys, guys like Reggie Jackson and and Beverly, who, who's a nice on-the-ball defender. And I have the same issue with Marcus Smart. I'm not going to go on a rant, but it's more about defensive versatility and covering gaps and lanes than it is about one-on-one. Right, one on one is mid two thousands. That's not that's not right. the new NBA. All right, let's right. keep going. So now we're done with the West. Let's go. One, to the East. one more, one yeah. more point on what you said with Beverly. If <clears throat> you can get away, I do think there are certain players that can be successful as a point guard if you're not off, if you're not a shooter. But that means you have to have the ball in your hand. So what I mean by that is again, it's the idea of spacing. So if you have if the person has the ball, the, if the driver has the ball in their hand. And they can't shoot that well, but the defense has to care about them. And then everybody else is a wing. That be, and they're spacing, and then you have the five rim running. You're okay. But you want Kawhi to have the ball. So that's why Patrick Beverly doesn't work on that lineup. Right. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Right, right. That's exactly right. Because he has to play off the ball. He has to play off the ball. Exactly. You don't want, and you don't want Kawhi to play off the ball. And Beverly should definitely not play off the ball. He can't shoot. All right. Moving on. Moving on. All right. Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, let's just go 1-8. So uh, Washington Philly series. Um, so my, my frustration, I, I've said this rant before on the, on the pod as a solo, um, when there's, to me, in the course of the entire playoffs, there, was, there are two um, massive um, long-shot series. It's Philadelphia-Washington and it's Brooklyn-Boston. Those two, in my opinion, should be sweeps, right, or at most five games. Everything else can go six or better, right? I think it's, I think it's fair to say Miami-Milwaukee going in, we didn't think it was going to be a sweep. We thought that was going to be at least six games. And I keep saying this. If you're going into the series and you're the heavy, heavy underdog, you got to do something different, okay? Like, you can't, you're not going to be able to compete with a guy having a machine gun coming in with a plastic knife. Like, what do you think is going right. to happen? So think cleverly. You use, like, a slingshot, you know? Go, go uh, David Goliath on them. So Washington's um, play that they can do is, like, I thought it was Bertans at the five, and – I thought the, the KPI I would have focused on if I were Scott Brooks would be Bertans needs to attempt like 15 threes a game for us to even have a chance here. Because if right. Bede's flaws, if Bede hates coming mm-hmm. out, he does. And, and like ideally what you want to do, you want Doc Roberts to even think. If he starts thinking about shit, 
should, do I have to keep a beat on the floor? Then you won. Then you won the mind game, right? Um, but you can't roll out like Alex Len. And Gafford's nice. I like Daniel Gafford. He's a nice energy guy. But it's not – Embiid's going to still stick on the floor, and, and you're not going to win that game. So that's my issue with Washington. Yeah, they're, well, they're so the, the, the question – I mean, that, that, that series was, is over. Uh, that's obvious. And I think um, the question is uh, – this is the next step. I think the, the Wizards are going to say, hey, you know what? We started off slow. Yep. We're really a great team. If you look at the last whatever, we would have been – you know, I don't know, whatever seed they think. We just need time to gel. Um, <clears throat> so they're not going to do anything, even though they should. Just, just saying. Oh, no, no, just no. my quick... Washington, Washington loves running it back. They love it. Yeah. They're they're totally and... happy with the situation long term. And I don't think this 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 game was a real test for the Sixers to see their medal. I think we have to wait till the next round. Yeah, when I they agree. play my Knicks. Yep, I said it when they play the Knicks. Um, um let's keep moving. So uh, we, we can run through because I want to spend a little time, obviously, in the Celtics and, and just blame them for sucking. We talked about Miami okay. and Milwaukee up front. I don't, we don't have to redigest that. Um, let's go Boston-Brooklyn real quick. For me, it's the same thing, right? So the Celtics literally have a worse version of the Brooklyn Nets team. So it's, it's, a, it's a 33% worse team. How do I say this? Because we have a big three, and they have a big three, and it's a perimeter-oriented big three. So you have Kemba versus Irving. We're worse by about 33%, Okay. Um, you have 48 by a ton, you can, whatever, 48 Harden, immense percentage worse. But again, like that's our offensive wing. And then you have Tatum, um, KD, same situation, right? Yeah. So, and by the way, if you, if you want to take it even a step further, Joe Harris <clears throat> or Marcus Smart? Oh yeah. It keeps going. It's not even close. The only <laughs> yeah. guy, the only guy that has a, a say in my opinion, it's not even that big of an advantage is Thompson on the boards versus DeAndre Jordan. Um, and Jordan doesn't get any minutes. It's not like uh, they don't even play him. Yeah, they don't even play him. It's against Blake Griffin. The Celtics' only move in this series for me, and I've said this before, is they got to they ditch the Walker-Smart backcourt. It, it's, it's so silly. So Marcus Smart, similar to Beverly, a lot of guards and wings in today's game get overrated because they have the perception of being good defenders. Okay, and a lot of them are good one-on-one defenders. What do they mean? They hustle hard. They go after loose balls. And coaches <laughs> love that. Okay, but like Marcus Smart, even in Patrick Beverly, don't actually shut down the opposing point guard. I've never seen it. Right? Like they really don't. There's some. There's some guys like one-on-one guys that actually do a better job of shutting down that are underrated. Your your Knicks. We're talking about Frank Nilakina. Yep. Tony Allen back in the day, I thought was a really good shutdown wing. Shane Battier to an extent. Okay. But, but Mark Smart just tries hard, which is nice, but, like, it's just it, – it, you can't have two undersized guards in your backcourt against that. That's a killer. Listen, so if I'm, yeah. I'm going to counter on you because there's no chance. I, I, I not, not to give you mid-rants, I know you're the Celtics. You had zero chance to beat this team. And the bottom line is more important than – even you would agree. More important than even getting a game is to try to make Kemba and Smart look good. <laughs> so, and I would have hoped that they would have done well against the poorest defense. Uh, of Harden and Kyrie. I don't know. I, I, look, I, so for me, again, as a fan base and as a GM, and I'm looking at this, I, I just say it's the same thing. Like, you just got to do something different, right? Like, you right, can't – we have the – you know, it, it's – so I, I, you can't run the same – it's the same thing with Washington. I put them in the same bucket. Don't run the same rotation. So, like, for me, it's – I would like – like, Romeo Langford's a really good defender. He's got length. Like, if you see him on the court, and he can play point guard. I want to see him match up against Kyrie. Let's just see it. Right? If right. it doesn't work, fine. Naismith, right. we need to see more of him. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a lengthy wing, and Naismith's a good defender as well. 
So like that's the backward I want to see more, and I want to see less of of Walker and Smart. I get your point with value, but at the same time, like uh, at least do something like, different. You're, you're da- I mean, didn't uh, I mean I hate to rub salt in, but isn't Brad Stevens better than an MVP? Let's see him uh, do something. Let's see him do something. Look I, again, I, I keep bringing up there was a point. I, I'm not going to remember the year. The Celtics were down 0-2 to Chicago in the first round, right? And then he started Gerald Green in Game Three at a small ball four. And that changed the series uh, just to create more space for Kyrie. <clears throat> so um, he needs to do – Listen, you're right. I mean, that's, that's the move. He's not going to – the thing is, I, I agree. I don't think he I, – I don't know. Listen, I, I, this goes back to our point. Marcus Martin needed to be traded. He's overrated. Yeah. I mean, again, yeah. he's just overrated. That's, yeah. that's – you know, it's, it's a problem. I mean, he – it's almost – he's like one of those guys where when he hits a three-pointer, you cringe a little bit because you're oh, like – Oh, 100%. Irrational confidence, I, guys. Well, again, so it's what we – so it's back to that point. I said I was going to say for you series. I forgot. You're playing Thompson for rebounding. Right. Marcus Smart. Right. Let me say it to – maybe I should say it to him. Is not a good three-point shooter. Right. So all of a sudden, you have that same issue. Not only are you worse than the Nets, you're also trotting out a lineup where two-fifths of your lineup can't shoot. Right. That makes it very difficult for Tatum. That's it. That's all it comes down but it's, to. But That's it's, even, it's, to even, it's even worse, to your point. It's not even that two-fifths can't shoot. It's that one of the guys who can't shoot thinks he can't shoot. It's the Westbrook right. syndrome to an extent. And just like Simmons. Everybody, Simmons, Simmons doesn't right. shoot. Right. If you can't right shoot, thing. don't shoot. Right. And by the way, that's the, the counter to, to the – we skipped over the Phillies. I think that this, this phenomenon, the two-fit – why I think the, the fact that they have Simmons and Embiid, are exceptional players. Can they be the Anthony Davis-LeBron exception? It's possible because the caveat was, do you do something else fantastically well? Right. And Simmons is that defender. But let's see Let's see how that plays out. If the Sixers lose in the playoffs, it's going to be because of that. So we'll get to that next series. Well, let's jump right, right to your Knicks and Hawks. I, I want you to – I want to give ample time on this bad boy. All right. So, um, so before, I'm going to give you guys some some, some, uh, some, some uh, philosophical advice. So right now, I don't know if you guys saw it. was kind of hilarious, and I laughed at that myself. But the Knicks won one playoff game, okay? The fans are going absolutely insane. They had to shut down 7th Avenue because everybody's just cheering. It's just insane. Now, on one hand, you can laugh at that, and that's fine. There are a lot of haters out there. But I will say this. There's some joy. If you could take the joy anytime you can in life, just take it and bathe in it. You know what I mean? Because they're, they're not <laughs> winning the championship. I don't think they're going to win the championship. But let me tell you something. I that. This one win is 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 one of my is going to be one of my sports highlights. This whole series, this whole season, where they're not winning the championship, they're not beating the Knicks. But uh, it's fun, it's fun. Enjoy it while it lasts for whatever team you like. Because at the end of the day, when your team actually wins, it's not like oh anything really changes in your life anyway. Right. But uh, no, I'm with okay, you. Sorry, that was my philosophy. I think it's a good philosophy but, uh, in life. The, I think you want to live life in in a win tie scenario, not a lose tie scenario. So you don't want to, like right, I think fair. I always I always say that like Yankees fans must have a miserable. If you don't win the World Series, it was a bad season. That's a horrible way to be right. a fan, you know. So I'm uh, with you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Game one against the Hawks hurt a lot. It did, but I came out. I was happy. I enjoyed the game. I had a good right. time. You know, right. I saw I saw a lot of things that I liked. I mean, it helps. It helps a lot. I won't deny it. That this feels like something that's going to grow. That I, I if we don't win now, I'll hopefully there are going to be more years of of playoff basketball in the Knicks' future, which which helps a lot. Okay, so so to my point on the Knicks, there's a lot to digest and talk about. Hopefully we have some Nick fans in the crowd. Uh, I think the Alfred Payton thing. So just to, to anyone who's not paying attention, Alfred Payton's been starting consistently doing poorly. 
confidence of the shot they've taken out after five minutes. And you, you wonder why Tibbs does that. And again, that's to the point, what makes it so bad? Peyton actually can penetrate. He can do a lot of things. Uh, he's a good defender as per Tibbs. Well, again, it's my, my theory over there. You have two out of five shooters. Two when you have Noel or Gibson. With Peyton, two out of the five players can't shoot. And it, it makes it much more difficult for the other remaining offensive players. And I think that's, that's why Peyton doesn't do anything else good enough to justify that. Hopefully Tibbs follows suit and doesn't play him anymore. Where do you want to go with this, Aton? I have so I, much I, to talk about. I could I, talk I for think, like two hours. Well, yeah, I know you can. So, so a couple things, right? So, um, so first off, I, I have Atlanta uh, uh, winning at seven. I want to take you, – you, you got to give me your take away thinking of the Knicks. I'll give you my little take away I think Atlanta, right? So, sure. as I said up front before um, the, the playoffs started, for me, you know, playoff games get tight down the stretch, and it's about how many guys can, can win you stretches – during the game. So game one, to me, was a perfect example. Lou Williams coming out and, and having like a quick 13 and having a couple of good stretches for Atlanta when they needed scoring was key. Having obviously young down the stretch was key. And then Gallo in between was key. The fact that the Hawks, to me, have like five guys that could do that, i.e. defense clamps down, and then uh, I have a one-on-one guy or a guy that could generate offense even if it clamps down, and I have five different guys that can do that, is, is huge. You need at least three or four, they have five. The Knicks, to me, only have two, maybe two and a half, but mainly two, okay? So um, that's why I like Atlanta in the series. Now, if I'm the Knicks, my goal is that Atlanta doesn't recognize a rotational flaw that they have. We talked about this offline. Um, one of the things, and they, they kind of did recognize it, to your point, where, like, I, I think Collins hurts them, right? They need to play Hunter as a small ball four. Um, which they're not playing Hunter enough as a small ball for. Whether he, he takes Gallo's minutes or Collins' minutes is irrelevant. He needs to play the four there, and then they need Snell more as a lengthy three. If they run that lineup where it's Young, um, Bogey, some combination of Bogey or Kevin Herter even, um, and Snell or, 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 or Shlomo Hill, um, and DeAndre Hunter as a small ball four, they'll, they'll resurrect themselves in the series, but let's see if they do that. Okay, so I'm going to counter, and I'll tell you how. So, <clears throat> obviously, you guys know me. I watched the game and then rewatched the game. So, first of all, just to, uh, to give you some analytics on, on – or not analytics, uh, analysis on, on what's going on and why Randall is struggling and what the Hawks have been doing. They've been playing uh, a kind of defense where they're not actually doubling Randall right off the bat. They're having the center, Capella, shade over to, to protect the paint. So, what happens is Randall's going to have a guy like Bogey on him or Trey on him after a pick-and-roll switch. And then Capella is going to be there. So if he, he's going to go, like, oh, I got, I got Trey. I'm going to take it to the hole. He gets around Trey, and then Capella's waiting there. This is right. also why it's hurting. He's doing the same thing to R.J. Barrett, why R.J. Barrett has been struggling. Because you got Capella, who's a great shot blocker again. And, and R.J. Barrett is not going to be able to, to overcome. He's not at that point yet where he can take down a double team. So that's what's happening. That's a defensive pressure. However, what, what I, what, the way the Knicks are going to win, people don't realize because there's such a stark drum from last year, they are the third best three-point shooting team in the NBA. And so ultimately the way they're going to win is not by taking uh, – not going to the hole. It's by shooting, shooting threes and hitting shots. Randall can hit the mid-range. He's got to say, hey, I got Trey Young on me. I'm not going to run to the – go to the hoop. I'm going to just shoot the 20-footer. And he's been hitting that at a really high clip this year. That, that's a good shot for him. Uh, now, this just tells you the, 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 def- the offensive limitation of Taj Gibson and Noel. The Knicks had Mitchell Robinson this series. is way different. Simply because if Capella shades over, then Mitchell Mitchell Robinson's a lob threat every time. So right. anyway, 
that, that's the deficiency that the Knicks have. Now, to your point, when you're saying, well, when the defense clamps down, there's no defense clamped down from the Hawks. They will not be able yeah. to clamp down it. And we saw this at the end of the game. I think, I think look, the first well, they, did, games, they didn't make that rotation to get it clamped down. That's, that's the point. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah fair. even still. So I'm going to tell you four players that cannot clamp down, okay, that are going to play at the end of the game. I'll tell you five players. Only a few of them are going to play. But Trey Young cannot clamp down. Bogey's not staying at – so even at the minimum, and we both agree that even if we were running the team, we would want Bogdanovich and Trey Young in at the end of the game. Yeah. Neither of those players have the ability to clamp down. Right. Okay? Right. So you have Trey Young, Bogey, Gallo, Collins, Lou Williams. Those five players cannot play defense. So it's not like, oh, playoff basketball, let's all of a sudden become better than who, when we are. We're not. And you know who knows how to play defense? He's been doing it all year, playing close games the entire year. Because the thing about the Knicks, even though they were winning, they weren't blowing people out. It was a slow game, down yeah. to the wire. I mean, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but if you look at the margin of win each game, it was very – both losses and wins were tight, tight games. They've been doing this before. And, so, and to say who they don't have – I don't think – I don't have to worry about it. Burks, Rose, Randall, Bullock, all those guys are going to be able to hit shots over those paltry defenders. They're just going to have to do it from the perimeter. The way the Knicks lose, if the Hawks win – is Trey Young is going to have to go ballistic from deep. That's it. Like his 30 foot. I mean, which he can. He can. That's how they win the are game. You, are, you wor- are you worried about the crowd in Atlanta? Oh, the crowd in Atlanta. Are you talking about the Knicks? The, it's another, the Knicks are playing home games every single game against yeah. this team. I mean, they didn't even sell out. It's going to be a home game. And, and frankly, if I, I think that's going to get in Atlanta's head. To me, if I was a player and I just got on the first time in my playoffs and I go home, and I hear go New York, go New York, go or whatever. Trey yeah. Young sucks. Yeah. That's got to hurt. You know, yeah, like you does. play for this. It's emotions. Like, I feel it's like true. it's going to be, I, I mean, it just does. You're all excited. You think you're fit and you just came for MSG. It's good. I think the Knicks take it because of that. The Knicks take game three. Wow. And oh, oh the, the other point, I think for, I think the Knicks playing at home, you're going to say, oh, Randall, what happens? Randall, he's getting affected. He's seen these defenses before. The reason is, is that if you imagine your first playoff game, the floor is shaking in the garden. You have all the pressure on you. You're the all MVP, most improved player. That's why he's playing poorly. It's only going to, once they got a few wins under him, he had some success. The, the, he's, you know, he's a professional NBA player. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to be able to put it behind. I think, I, the, I'm, I'm telling you, the Knicks are winning. So like, I don't look, even think it goes I've, seven. I've, we've, we've, all, we've underrated the Knicks all, all, season, all season long because the talent doesn't seem great. I mean, you're playing Alec Burks, who you know, was previously a seventh or eighth man for a lot of NBA teams, starting his minutes. Reggie Bullock is, is is playing starters minutes. All of these guys who should be at the back end of rotations for most teams are your starters and, and your and your heavy reliant guys, right? I'm I'm playing the skeptic card. Atlanta, I, I think there's a massive talent gap in the series. I actually do. I think it's like it's not even close. Like Atlanta is way more talented. Does that translate? I, I typically think it does in a seven you game know, series. I'll tell you, I, I I used to think so, and I started the conversation agreeing with you. And I, I think top heavy, yeah. But the question is this, right? Do you, I mean, I don't think people understand how amazing Derrick Rose is playing. I mean, Derrick Rose, is, he was the best player on the court. He played 39 minutes. Derrick Rose has, you know, everybody thinks of him as this relic. He's just changed his game. He can shoot now. It's like, imagine you take a guy who's got, he clearly has high basketball IQ. He's, he, can, he can hit the floor. He's the most, I'm going to tell you stat. He's the most efficient player in the NBA on the floater, Okay. He, so he can hit the floater. He still can get to the line if he needs to. He tries not to. He can shoot the three, 41% from three. 
I'm sorry, man. I, I think Derrick Rose is underrated. You think of him as this washed up guy. He's no, he is. He is underrated. He is underrated. I want. I want to conclude because I, I got. I got to run in a minute. I have. Uh, I, have I have a call real soon. But um, actually, have work, huh? Oh uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but we're getting ready for the long Memorial Day weekend. I like doing some some quick lines here. So tonight, um, and again, the pod is brought to you by eight 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 Sport. Bet twenty dollars, get eighty eight dollars in free bets. Promo code get eighty eight. But on any of the NBA playoff games, all Memorial Day weekend long, a couple of lines are out already, which is interesting. So you, so tonight there's three games. There's New York and Atlanta. New York is plus four. All right, you like New York, okay? You're taking New York real quick. Yeah, for sure. All right, yeah, I'm taking I'm taking Atlanta um, to cover that. <laughs> Bro- Brooklyn and Boston, the Nets minus seven and a half, Celtics seven and a half to cover. You like the Nets to to sweep, and that's it. Or I think the yes. Celtics have. I think the Celtics cover that. So we're, we're, we're disagreeing on the first two. And the Clippers in Dallas, this is an interesting one. Sorry, yeah, Clippers in Dallas for game three. Clippers minus two and a half. Clippers going to win. They're yeah, I agree. That. I take the Clippers too. So I, you like New York. Elon likes New York, uh, Brooklyn, and the Clippers. Okay. Um, Aton likes Atlanta, Boston, and the Clippers. Okay, interesting. I can't believe New York's a plus four. I cannot believe New York's a plus four. Yeah, no, no, I, I can't. That makes sense. It's uh, so to wait. It's your first road game, and Atlanta's going to come with some fervor. For me, I would actually change that up. I would take Atlanta in the first half. I don't think I touch. I don't know if I touch the game. I think Atlanta plays well in the first half. Kookiness can happen in the second half, but I like Atlanta in the first half to cover. So if it's a minus two first half, I like that a lot. Atlanta. To I will win tell the you first half. I, I will tell you one more thing. If Mitchell Robinson, there's just on, on if Mitchell Robinson may come back, there's some thought that, that he's going to come back sometime in the playoffs. If he comes back, oh, baby. Man. Yeah. And then, by the way, Saturday, let's do the games, too. People like this. So, Saturday, there's four games. Uh, it's Milwaukee and Miami. Milwaukee minus four and a half. Does Milwaukee complete the sweep? I think they do. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you, you, if, you're, if you're my – I just got to think psychology. If you're, the, if you're the Heat right now, you know you're done. You don't you're think done. you're winning. You, right. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Denver in Portland. Uh, Portland minus three and a half. I actually think Portland takes this one. I think Portland takes it as well. Philadelphia and Washington. You got Philadelphia minus five and a half. Five and a half. Does Philadelphia go up three zero? That's tough. That no, is I tough. think the Wizards take it. I think the Wizards take it. I don't even know I about that game. Issue. I avoid that game. I don't even bet on that. I Me mean, too. I have know. no idea. That's, I have that's no idea. Tough. That's a total pot toss up. The Jazz too, by the way. I don't know. Yeah. So Utah in Memphis. It's Utah minus minus five. Also, I don't know. Yeah, I, whatever it is, it's going to be a. Uh, I think they're going to cover the spread if they win. I just don't know. Uh, yeah, all right, we're not gun sure to your about head. So gun, pick, pick a team. Gun that's to your a, head. That's a gut. Yeah, so so I'll take Memphis to cover. I think I, I'll take Utah just because. Yeah, fine, fair. Philadelphia, Washington. I probably take Washington to cover, but I don't. I don't feel confident about it. But I agree with yeah. you on on Portland, and I agree with you on um, on Milwaukee. Okay, so last game Sunday, Phoenix in L.A. Does Phoenix Suns, Suns. Suns win? Phoenix Suns is win. plus six and a half. So you like them to cover. So you like Phoenix? I agree with you. I like Phoenix as well. All right. Until next time. Everyone enjoy Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy. And Elon, go New York. So go much. New York. Go, baby. All right. We'll see All what right, happens. Be well. Bye.